Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Uh, life is treating me like a baby treats a diaper. Now, I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> That's a I line. know you do. <laughs> That's a line from uh, Cheers. Uh, and it... Uh, it's so appropriate on so many you days. You know, I used to watch that, but I don't remember the line. Who did that? Norm? That was, or... uh, that was when uh, Cliff uh, Cliff is sitting in the bar, Cliff, and Norm, yeah. Norm walks in, and Cliff says, Hey, Norm, uh, how's it going? And uh, Norm says, uh, ah, Life is treating me like a baby treats a diaper. <laughs> you know, I no, no offense to the guy. I would have thought... You know he wouldn't be among us, and maybe he's. Uh, but I think I saw something yeah, George, about him the George other day. George Went. He's doing. Yeah, he's he's fine. Apparently. Yeah. Thank God. He's, yeah, he's. You're just really, saying. Yeah. That no, no, no. I wish him well. He's, he seemed like a nice guy. You're just saying that because he was a chunky lad when he did that uh, series back. In well, the day. he was a chunky lad, but you yes. know I was a chunky monkey at one time too. So, uh, so uh, I can't say anything. Hey, um, Joe Biden was speaking at the White House. Such a fine fella. And this this is amazing. You know, we are facing a crisis at the border. We have already admitted that there are probably terrorists that have come into our country and who are setting up in different locations that we don't know where they are, by the way. They, these people are out there, and they're, they're getting their bad stuff together. Um, but Joe Biden, he said, with all that's going on in the world, this is what we really have to worry about. You know, I've seen firsthand what the reports make clear. The devastating toll of climate change and its existential threat to all of us and is the ultimate threat to humanity, climate change. I mean, this guy is just, he's in another ballpark. We're all playing the game, but he's playing on a different team. This guy is just not with us. Uh, climate change is the biggest threat. We're on the cutting edge, the razor's edge of World War III. We have Iran giving monies to all of these surrogate groups like Hezbollah and Hamas. We have, we have missile strikes and air attacks on our bases in Syria and the Middle East and in Israel and Iraq, too. Yeah. Uh, and... We're just ignoring the whole thing because Joe's saying that we have to worry about the weather. We've had climate but, change, by the way, Bill. Uh, uh, we'll have, we've had climate change since the beginning of mankind, okay? Since the beginning of the world, before we were here. Weather changes. It's the nature of the planet we live on. All of a sudden, in the past uh, 30 or 40 years, the left has decided to make an issue out of it, a money-making, money-raising issue out of it. First, they called it, uh, remember they said cold? We were going we to have a, yeah. a great cold was going to come across, and uh, we were going to die from that kind of climate change, and it didn't happen. Then they said, uh, they said global warming. Oh, that's going to do it, global warming, and that didn't do it. Well, then they figured, hey, wait a second. We're, we're painting ourselves into a corner here, uh, so what we're going to do is we're not going to label it global warming or global cooling. We'll call it climate change. That covers all the bases. You can't be wrong if it's climate change, and that's mm -hmm. what they've done. I'm sorry, but you had something you wanted to add. Well, I was going to say, you know, the Democrats, uh, they have a playbook. And anytime they're in trouble, they pull out that playbook, and they rotate through all their stuff, like, Climate change. Okay, we're not doing to climate change. Okay, let's bring her out. Roll that Trojan horse out here. Wait a minute. We got to do a change. Oil. 
Remember in back in the early 70s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to have enough oil to make it to, uh, you know, the uh, millennium. You know, we're, we're not going to make it to the year 2000. We're not going to make it to the next 10 years. We're going to be out of oil. So we had the long ration lines. But obviously, that was a crock. We started burning more fuel and producing more energy. So that was dumb. And the whole energy thing, well, they, they brought you, that up too. You think about it, what you would think that they would have been on board with drilling in our own country, but they complained about the lack of fuel back then, but they closed down the drilling sites in this country. The left did. The same mm-hmm. people who complained about not having enough, they said, well, you can't drill here, you can't drill there. You can't have this uh, rig over here. You can't have this pipeline going across the country like this. And that's that's how the left has worked for the past 35 years. Yeah. Uh, no, it's crazy. Then they bring out the race card. Well, you know, they invented the race card. Now, they're trying to rewrite history to say that they didn't invent the race card. But they have a playbook. And if you pay attention to the news, uh, just in your lifetime, you've probably seen every one of these brought up, and then you go back and look at history. It's been brought up time and time and time again, and it's going to keep on coming up because it's all just to sit there and distract and yeah. milk you for money and you know keep you enslaved. And it's amazing. Uh, I guess Biden said to his staff in a private meeting over the weekend, uh, we're losing the message on Bidenomics. We, we got to get out there and, and start explaining Bidenomics. Does Joe really know what he's done to our country since he's been president? Yes, he does, because there was just about a month or two ago, I remember hearing the cut of him sitting there going, I wish I would have never called it Bidenomics. He admitted that it was stupid. Bidenomics is stupid. It's a failure, uh-huh. and he knows it. Well, I mean, all you have to do, folks, is go to the store and buy the same items you bought three years ago and look at the difference in price. The most recent public opinion poll out there, mm-hmm. about four or five days old, Yeah, 14% of America feels that they're doing better under Biden. 14%? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, the all other their, 86% all of goes, hey, it sucks down here. Yeah. Right, you know, throw us a lifeline. Come on up there. You know, give us some help. We're sinking. Don't you love? Don't you love how they do that? Fourteen percent. What that means, folks, uh, and I'm not a math whiz, but that means that eighty-six percent of the country is dissatisfied. Eighty-six percent. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 This country blows right now. <laughs> and who's the captain of this sinking ship? Why, it's Commander uh, Biden. Yes. Oh, well, there you wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a problem here in the White House. Okay. And part of their playbook, Trump has become a part of it. It's Trump's fault. Weather change, climate change, Trump's fault. We have, oh, Every time there's something wrong, they, they just point to Trump. Really, mm-hmm. and and if they if they can't point to him, they'll indict him for something. You know, I think Trump said one time he flies over a state if it's a Democratic run state, somebody will indict him, which is true. I mean, the guy has been indicted with every charge has been a phony charge, a false, baseless charge, uh, and I think in the end, all of them will be dismissed or proven wrong. Don't get me wrong; I think they'll probably find him guilty in the lower courts. You know, the one with the, with the Engelrons in charge. Well, Fanny. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fanny be tender with our 
real commander. This is the lady, by the way, folks, in Atlanta, in Fulton County. Yeah, yeah. well, now she, she's on the news with that smirk. You know, and she's going, Fanny. well, it looks like we're going to be in trial with Trump over the election. In other words, during the election, of when course. it's going on, that's when she's got it on the books to be in the court. And if you don't say or think that that's election interference, get off the bus. You're stupid. Which is more You're an, on the wrong damn bus. It's more of an incentive for a supporter of Trump to be there at the polls, in person, and to vote. Because because when he becomes president, uh, all bets are off, and people like Fannie will probably... Oh, by the way, the left doesn't like to hear this. The left doesn't like to hear Trump say there will be consequences for your treasonous acts. The left thinks that's terrible. I You, you hear him talk, oh, can you believe what President Trump said in New Hampshire last week? My goodness, he said that he will go after the left with vengeance. With vengeance. They're also trying to equate Trump to Hitler. They're trying to make it sound like Trump admired Hitler. Trump, by the way, can't get a break. If for example, Trump were to have said in the course of a casual conversation, I'm not saying he did, by the way, but if he had said, well, you know, one thing you have to admit that Hitler didn't know how to organize. If he said that as a comment, a passing throwaway comment, if somebody on the left heard that, they would seize it, magnify it, spread it around to every news outlet and make it sound like he had a flag, a Nazi flag in the Oval Office, and he was goose-stepping around his desk. That's the kind of people we're dealing with right now. Dishonest, unpatriotic weasels on the left. That's just my mm-hmm. own humble opinion. But it, uh, No, no, no. It's, it's true. There's, there's no reason to dot those I's or cross those T's because uh, it's already been done. And that's yeah. what they do. They paint the picture. Now, it's, it's funny because everything that they I, – I saw uh, Rachel Maddow the other day talking about the right, the maggot. Yeah. Well, hey, that's you, the listener, right now. Just so you know, she was picking on you, talking about uh, how stupid and ignorant you're. You're dumb because she was <laughs> saying that you like to these maga right people like to sit there and call people anti-Semitic and call them names and do all that, and and then she started calling the right names. I'm and like they going, never say this, by the way, with any proof. They never. They say they claim all these things, but they never have any proof to back it up. But they sit there and say that we're labeling them with them, and they're the ones making labels out of you. Yep. Or us. And I'm like, going, I I wanted to reach through the TV and slap her. Well, somebody said about, seriously, uh, uh, somebody said about socialist Russia back in the day. You knew that, you knew what they were doing because the accusations they were making against the people that they were imprisoning or, or punishing were actually things that they were doing, mm. you know? And this is how the left works. It, it really does. But you remember what Biden said about MAGA. Look, this is not your father's Republican Party. 30% of it is made up of these MAGA Republicans who are maybe democracy is something I don't, they don't look at it the same way you and I look at democracy. Yeah. Well, he is right about that. We don't look at democracy the same way that he looks at it. That's true. Because 
<laughs> so he did not lie in that one little piece because what I consider democracy, and I believe any, anybody listening to the show, unless you're a lefty taking notes to sit there and, you know, try to, you know, poke yeah. stuff at us, uh, then, yeah, you know what? We do look at it differently. Uh, I look at it from the traditional constitutional point of view, and uh, you have a way of bending and rewriting and wanting to line line strike out certain parts of the Constitution and what democracy is all about. If you listen to Joe Biden 35, 40 years ago, it would be a different guy. He tried to present himself as being a tough guy, uh, law and order type guy. Uh, he tried to present himself as being essentially conservative in a lot of ways. He went after, I, I, I love seeing him talk about his relationship with the minority community in our country because early on in his career, he had none. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did not Biden make it a point that he was a stuttering kid that had a problem talking? Sure he did, yeah. You know, one of the things, one of my Democrat friends was talking about, Joe. oh, I've known him for years. You know, he's always been, you know, since his days in Scranton in high school, a great communicator, very well articulated. Flag in the play. Whoa, wait a yeah. minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought he was a bumbling, stumbling idiot all along, and I'm not saying that he was an idiot as a kid, although in 88 he kind of proved he was. Uh, but either way, he had this uh, impediment because he stuttered. But then here is a quote-unquote friend, and it's not the first time I've heard that. Oh, no, he's very, very articulate, and that's one of his, his, his things is that Back in his prime, he could talk talk to with the common person. He was very well-spoken, very articulate, and had no problem with words. And if you remember back in 88 when he lied about all his credentials and in the news thing, uh, the, the media clips, boy, he didn't, have, he didn't get tongue-twisted, stumble, or anything. He had it all together. You know, and that's an insult to people that do have the the affliction that he says he does. It's an insult that he talks about losing his son in the military, and it was terrible that he lost his son. I've lost a child, so I know. But don't lie about what happened or or everything. Sure. And see, he says, he, only, he, says, he says his son, he said it on a number of different occasions, He is if he hasn't said it directly, he's implied that his son died uh, in Even Iraq. Even over the weekend. In Iraq. Did he do it again yeah. over the weekend? He talked about, you know, honoring the veterans and, of course, you know, my son. No, I don't know your son. I know that he was in the military. He died of cancer I know that in you lost him. Yeah, but, yeah, he didn't die in action. Right. But I got to tell you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but, but uh, Ted Kennedy was asked one time, he said, uh, tell me, Senator, who is the dumbest guy in the Senate? And... Kennedy didn't hesitate. He said, oh, that's Joe Biden. Yeah. Ted Kennedy you, said that about Biden. You know, it's funny because Democrats right now, they actually now, the guy is running as an independent, but they could still embrace him, and and that is Kennedy, you know, right well, now. You want to hear another thing I heard over the weekend? This is interesting. Well, all right. Um, they're starting... It hasn't formally been put together yet, but they're raising funds, and in about 14 states, they're on the ballot. There's this third-party structure that has literally put placeholders 
on these ballots in these 14 states. They want to be on every state because they, they're on the verge of starting a third party. It's supposed to be like the Open America Party, something like that. They, they have yeah. a... And, but one of the guys they're talking about as being their presidential candidate is Joe Manchin, which I think would be a mistake because if you look at Joe Manchin, he has the persona of an independent. He looks and has the talk of an independent, but when you look at his record, he'll talk about how he's going to uh, think for himself and make his own decision, but when push came to shove, he always capitulated and sided with the Democrats. And I don't think anything would change in the future. See, now Romney wants to be, you know, running too. And there but was he just about said yesterday he's out. He, yesterday Romney made a statement saying he's done. He's not going to do that. Well, don't believe those words exactly. <laughs> he may not believe that. If he's not going to be a president, he's not going to be a senator then what does he have? He's not going to jump out of the political arena. I can tell you that. Well, that's interesting. What you're saying is don't believe their lying eyes because they may... They may... Exactly. They may... Well, uh, you know, the people have spoken. Yes. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it for my country <laughs> because you have made it implicitly clear that you need me, you want me, and... What am I, this humble public and uh, humble public and uh, servant? servant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say inservant. Well, he is an inservant, but anyway, <laughs> this this humble public servant him to do. Yes, I'm he, going to he's doing do it the for will the, of the people. He's doing it for the good of the people. Yes, the he, will of the people. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I think we've had enough of what you, a Senator lion sack of Joe Yeah, I think you should go back to Utah and relax and enjoy your retirement. And, and thank you for your service. Uh, no, no, thank I, I, you. Any, for your any guy, when you think about Mitt Romney, he, I think he's, he was born in Michigan. Uh, he ended up being the governor of Massachusetts. He was the governor of Massachusetts, but then he ran for the presidency, which he didn't win because he had one debate, the first debate, where he won decisively, and everyone said, "Oh, he's got it. He had Obama over the rails." And then it was like someone said. You know, Mitt, you were a little tough on uh, Barack. Uh, back off on those debates, all right? And it's like someone turned off his motor, whatever that was making him run like he was running. And in the next two debates, he was uh, Casper Milk Toast. He was a soggy towel. He was unaffect ineffective. He was useless. And that's how he lost his presidential run. So there's... This is a guy, and then of course, you would think that he would go back to Massachusetts and run for Senate because he was the governor of Massachusetts. But no, 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 he moved to Utah, where he could uh, claim residency and run in Utah, and and he got in because he has a, I guess he had a history in Utah. He's Mormon. He was an official in the Mormon Church, so maybe. That was the attraction in Utah. He also, by the way, I don't even know this, he, he saved the, uh, was it the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City uh, back in right. like 1990 or 1980 or whatever? Whenever it yeah. was, yeah. Uh, so he didn't have a history, but uh, this guy, he vacillates. You don't know where he's coming from or who he's representing. And uh, he has a nice smile, but he's not to be trusted. In my opinion, yeah, he did lose in that second debate. It was almost like uh, 
<laughs> well, you know, I I think that everyone I think the consensus was, and I think he's part of that understate thing. Look, you got to you got to back off. It's time, and don't take this as a racial thing, but you will. Uh, but I think you know the consensus was, well, you know, it's time to have a black president, and I have no problem with a black a woman uh, president. I don't care even what your identity is, as long as you are going to support the values of this country and you're not I would, going to I would distort have tough, anything. I would have a tough time if a, if there was a presidential, uh, not candidate, but if he had a problem with his, his identity, let's say he doesn't. Well, he, there's Buttigieg. And, you know, they are talking about him as a candidate. Yeah, but don't think of me as Mr. President. Think of me as it president. And now here comes it president. He's stepping to the podium. Now that wouldn't work. Uh, well, you know, I, I'll, I'll make a weird observation of Buttigieg, you know, because obviously, and there, there's thought, boy, wouldn't he be a great candidate? Oh, in the you got to, you know, anybody who says that, first of all, yeah, well, you got to go. They got it. Well, oh, they work for NBC. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Hey, the, yeah. the odds of Buttigieg being president are slim and none. I truly. Truly, I, I, I think that I could get more votes than Pete Buttigieg. I know that I'll get more votes in East Palestine, Ohio, than Pete Buttigieg because he, you know. And, and they if, don't even have to know who you are. No. All you have to know is I'm My not. My dog could get more votes well, all there All they would than have him. to know is I'm not Pete Buttigieg. I mean, Buttigieg did nothing. He went there finally after like a month. Uh, the damage is done. By the way, the damage has not left. East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, of course, the press, the media has disappeared and nobody's paying attention anymore, but they still have that poison in their in their water system and the lands are still contaminated and the people are still suffering in East Palestine, Ohio, just so 50, 55 miles away from where I'm sitting, by the way. We, we, could, uh, we could put together a, a, a third or fourth party, the ABB party. ABB. Anybody but Buttigieg or anybody but Biden. <laughs> That's true. Anybody but Buttigieg and Biden. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think. Well, uh, that would be the A, B, B, and B. <laughs> <laughs> All these different letters. Holy smoke. Uh, well, I, we're just the anybody but, uh, and then insert a name, <laughs> party. The, the, uh, over the weekend, I think I told you I saw the movie The Sound of Freedom, uh, which was just it was as good as people said it was going to be. It's not a documentary, friends. It is not a documentary. It's a movie, and uh, it is based on a true story. But there's it's it's acting, and it's it keeps your interest. It's got a good storyline, and uh, it's worth. It should get Oscars because the acting is that good, and the story is that good, the direction is that good. But it won't get Oscars because. It really touches a nerve in Hollywood. You're saying, why is that, Jim? Let me explain. Last night, yesterday, I'm looking through my social media, and I, I see Laura Logan, and she mm-hmm. puts down this cryptic message, I love this guy. That's all she writes, I love this guy. So I click on her name, and it shows the story that she loves, and it's a story it's a videotape from a guy. His name is John Paul Rice. And the videotape was actually recorded three and a half years ago because he mentions things like 
uh, Harvey Weinstein and and uh, things that were happening. He mentions uh, in the in the tape uh, the Lewis funeral, things like that, and all those things happened back in 2020. So it's been three and a half years since uh, this was recorded, and I thought, well, why would she be posting something? That's three and a half years old, a video, if it wasn't relevant about something that's happening today. Now, I'm going to play for you about five minutes of the tape, but you'll get the gist of what he's talking about. Uh, the whole video, if you want to see it, it's on X, which formerly was called Twitter. It's on the Laura Logan uh, page, and uh, you'll see it. It'll be a headshot of a young man, and she says, I love this guy above it. Just click on it. It's 38 minutes long, and you might want to watch it because it talks about something that even though it's three and a half years old, unfortunately, it's probably bigger and badder right now than it was back then. Listen. Uh, I just wanted to talk to a couple of you. Uh, my name is John Paul Rice. For the people watching that may not know who I am, my friends know me. I'm an independent film producer. I've been in Hollywood for about 20 years. I started my film career and remember the Titans. Uh, worked at Senator International, later Mandate Pictures, under the producers who did Juno, The Grudge, Harold and Kumar, Stranger Than Fiction, and uh, eventually The Hunger Games when they went back into Lionsgate. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk to everybody here today is because uh, over the last course of the last week or two, we have found out uh, without notification that Amazon.com, for which we have six of our movies on there, our film, A Child's Voice, which has been on there for over a year and a half in the UK, the United States, and now 70 other countries, was suddenly, without notification, removed entirely from their platform. They unpublished it and they made it not searchable in most of the sites. We've only tested a few outside of the United States, but the one in the United States, if you put in a child's voice in Amazon.com, you can't find it on the 1,100 pages that they'll give you back on your searches. The only way that you can get it is through a direct link, and we discovered this because the director's daughter had sent the links out to several of her friends when the Wayfair scandal broke, as well as the Maxwell files being released in the last 48 hours. And Amazon came back to us. They gave us a very standard corporate, non-committal response that said, we make a lot of changes. We do this and that and the other. We judge things based on performance. But they couldn't give us a very specific answer. And we all know what the answer is. What our movie did before Epstein was known about in the public and before Maxwell was known about in the public is we found a network of pedophiles among a global network of people who were selling kids back and forth to each other, trading them like candy. It goes right in through Hollywood. If you look at the Daily Beast article, you'll see that Jeffrey Epstein had a pipeline right into Hollywood through Harvey Weinstein. That was last year. I've done a lot of deep dives and research into this, and there is a very satanic element to it for which we incorporated it into our movie. Our movie is a feature film. It deals with two teens, one who's a homeless heroin-addicted teen, hears the voice of a child who had been killed at the beginning of the movie, calls out for his help, and he goes on a mission to rescue a girl from these human traffickers. They come together, and then they stand up to this network in a spirit of love and courage for all of these children. It's a very beautiful film. It's been well-reviewed, well-received. 
critically acclaimed by the people that have reviewed it and also many users by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, by the millions all over the world have seen this. So when we had all of this come up, we went viral with it on Twitter the other day and it exploded because we still have one platform left here in the United States and that's Vimeo.com on demand. What I would like everybody to do is more importantly, I don't need to get back on Amazon. I already know what they're going to do, and they've got a stack of lawyers. But we're looking for alternative platforms where we can release this movie and get it out to as many people as possible. Our movie is not a documentary. It's a feature film. And we did this based on all the evidence and the facts that we had learned and incorporated into a story that you get involved through the character's journey. Their road to redemption is through love. And... This issue of human trafficking, which many people are waking up to today for a variety of reasons, is the issue that defines all of us in our time. The media corporations, the most powerful six corporations in the land, in the world for that matter, are all implicated in human trafficking of kids. And I would point to anybody who wants to know more about that to look at Project Veritas and the, and the leak disclosure of off-air footage of Amy Robach from ABC News when she found out and was discussing in 2016 that they had everything from Virginia Guffrey, all of it. Everybody who was involved, they had all the evidence. Their own lawyer said that when all is said and done, Jeffrey Epstein will go down as one of the most prolific pedophiles in all of history, and they buried that story to have access to the royal family, for which we now know Prince Andrew was implicated. They did not have any remorse for the victims in that video. This is a bigger problem because most people know in that world, and the world that I come from in Hollywood, that it is a hidden layer that everybody knows is there. When the Me Too movement started in 2017, I reached out to several of my female actress friends who were prominent in LA. You would know them by name. Many of them you would know by just their look because you go, oh, that was her in that movie or that movie. And I said, well, what about the children? What about the children? And they, and the response was, we know, we know. But they were silent on it. John uh, Paul Rice, uh, uh young producer out in Hollywood. And y- you know, I was just looking while he was talking about his career since he made the res- those remarks. Um, right. it, it is literally slowed down. I mean, he had, he produced one movie, uh, in 2021. Uh, he had a movie in 2018, which I would submit that was probably already produced, uh, before he did that video. I mean, Hollywood uh, turns its back on people who talk about Hollywood's dirty secrets. But apparently, folks, it's there. That layer you know, that he's talking about, it's there. Oh, it's big. And, you know, what I'm going to say is, you know, and they talk about how much power and control they have. And yet, if you really look, you can look at the election that was uh, legitimately won and look at the big rallies. Uh, I'm saying it's actually a small community that that left movement. I mean, it's not that small, but it's still a smaller community. You know, mainstream and conservative America is, is the bulk of America, always has been, always will be. Forget about the party. Go ahead. Did you hear what he said, though? He said six of the biggest companies in the United States are, are all involved 
He didn't say yeah. that the companies are all involved with human trafficking. And yeah. I, I thought to myself, what, taking into consideration what you just said about how it's really probably a small group, but that that small group controls those six big companies, well, you know. It, it, well, that's kind of where I was going. I'm saying we give them the power by patronizing them. We go to their movies. We go to their events. We let them feed us with their crap. We need to tighten our circle and work within the confines of the conservative party. We need to have the conservative money step forward, make movies, do oh, things, sure. and think. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And forget about them and choke off their, because they're feeding off of our money. Because everybody wants to be entertained. Everybody has to eat. We all have to do things. Well, you know what? But they they have no problem choking us off if they can or disrupting our values or our lives. Well, I'm not saying we'll go out there and deliberately disrupt their lives, but I'm just saying, wait a minute. You know, we need to sit there and not rely on them for good movies. We need to... By the way, this no. is not new, folks. This is not new. This is not something which just started in the last 10 years. Hollywood has been corrupted and, and uh, uh, sinful in so many ways going back to the 20s. Going back yeah. to the 20s. I mean, the parties and the corruption and the vice that was prevalent in Hollywood was notorious. Everybody talked about it. It was true. What uh, what what governor is it the 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 lady now that's a Republican that's in the, the Dakotas I think it was North or South Dakota uh, said Chris, oh yeah Chris, you know Christy Nome yeah bring bring Hollywood here well Christy here's a better idea invite conservative filmmakers and actors to come there and build your own Hollywood and choke them off put out quality movies oh, movies that have value you know movies that uh, don't have the uh, gratuitous sex scene in there do you know if, if there's a love scene you know you see the couple embrace and then the camera fades away and you see the waves crashing on the the ocean uh, on the beach you get it you, you know, get what's going what, what's on what's really interesting is if you look at if you look at I watch TCM a lot Turner Classic Movies yeah, and that's when Hollywood they had uh, codes of uh, ethics and morality that they had to follow, and they still they made some of the greatest movies of all time. They made interesting movies, dramas, mysteries, thrillers. All these things were done without showing, like you say, the gratuitous uh, sex scene. It's ridiculous how they will insert these things into storylines where they have no place. As a matter of fact, to prove they have no place, when they show them on over-the-air television, they have to edit those scenes out. And yet the storyline doesn't is not diminished because those things are, are removed. Well, you know, and, they, and Hollywood goes, well, we've got realistic, too, you know, with the blood and the gore. You know, somebody gets shot, you see everything splatter. And I'm like going, what does that do to the mind of a 6-year-old, a 10-year-old, 12-year-old? What does it do when care. we do, What does it do when we distort history? Well, I'll tell you what happens. You play the race card, and we know that there's a distortion going on. But in Las Vegas, there was a young boy. I think he was 17, and uh, Jonathan Lewis Jr. Now he was a young white kid. All right, and he kind of look. You know, people would say he looked kind of dorky, geeky, whatever. Somebody that somebody might make fun of. 
And I don't want to sit there and play the race card, but here I'm saying that in these 15 black kids that went and they gang beat him up and he died. Oh, I saw now, that. I saw the story. Uh, but you know, did, were they, were they taught to be that way? No. Is that instilled in their, their genetic genes or did all the social influences teach them to be that way? Well, I think that uh, if you look at some of these movies they're releasing every week, they're coming out with a new uh, superhero movie, and and the violence is preposterous. the The violence in these movies is uh, it's ridiculous. They just throw this stuff. I mean, there used to be a time when you would uh, shoot somebody in a, in a movie, you never saw any blood. He'd grab his chest and fall. You know, nowadays when they shoot somebody in a movie, you see blood splatter, brain splatter. And uh, you know what happens after a while? Seriously, you become numb to it. You see it all the time now. Uh, what did I see recently? I saw a movie last week where the director just was going crazy over the violence. And I read the review about the movie I watched. And they said, well, his, his signature of violence, of course, could be seen in this film. And I thought, signature of violence? Here's why. He's got a film. He, he doesn't have a script. He doesn't have a story plot or a very thin one. And, you know, one of the things Hollywood does, you write a script. Well, you write a lot of little back sub, subplots in it, too. And those subplots distract you a little bit from the main story so you don't, you don't, you don't see the holes in the script or in the making of the movie. You know, in other words, I'm saying they don't have crap yeah you know, so they, they so they fill up they make up for it for lack of story they insert violence and things like that yeah. that will distract you from the poor the poor script no i know the poor script the poor acting the poor, poor direction everything. yeah oh and well you know over the weekend they came out i didn't see the movie i have no interest in seeing it i think the movie was called the marvels that was released by disney they must have invested 120 million dollars into this movie maybe more and I guess it tanked, and it tanked. the The reviews on it were like, it had no names, a no name, a lead woman, a no name minority woman, and another no name minority woman. Those were the three leads. They didn't have any stars in it, but they were filling the void. They were checking off the boxes. You know, they were putting the the proper woke characters in place. And then they promoted this movie, and it was a turkey. It was a turkey. And Disney is doing a lot of this stuff. I, I have no interest in Disney. I'll tell you a story about Disney. I saw this. I said this before. I saw The Sound of Freedom. I think they bought the rights to it in 2018. It was shot in 2018. They bought the rights to The Sound of Freedom, and they shelved it. They shelved the movie. Think about that for a second. Here's this movie that comes out about uh, pedophilia. Everybody who sees it says it's a great movie. It's a fabulous movie. But because it touched a nerve uh, with some people at Disney, which says uh, a lot about who's running Disney, they put it on the shelf. And that's where movies mm -hmm. go to die. Well, five years later, Angel Pictures, a little upstart company, comes along and says to Disney, uh, we'll buy those rights back from you. We'll buy the rights to that movie. You're not doing anything with the movie. You, you don't think it's going to work. It's a turkey. It's on your shelf. So Disney figured, ah, it's not going to go anywhere. They, they sold it back to Angel Pictures. Angel Pictures is the company 
that promoted it and marketed it. They got the word out on social media. They spread the word that this was a great movie. Jim Caviezel went out and talked about it. And the rest is history. It was one of the highest grossing films to come out this year. And, and it's a fabulous movie. But it wasn't meant to be released. It, it, Disney didn't have faith in it. They thought, well, it's not going to. We sat on our show for five years. The Angel Pictures. Who's Angel Pictures? They're not going to do anything with it. And that's how they approached it. And uh, the, rest is, uh, it, the rest is history. You know, Hollywood has got so much power because they're so influ- they can be so influential in so many ways. They can make great movies that motivate captivate, inspire, all these things that they can do because they have all the toys. They have all the special mm-hmm. effects. They have all the cameras. They have the, the back lots. They have the actors. They have the directors. They have all these things. But they also have a, an underbelly that is totally corrupt. They're the money people. Uh, you know, you, some of these actors that you know and love, I hate to say this, and I will never mention any names on this show, but there's a lot of stars out there who are perverts. There are a lot of stars out there who are not who you think they are. They may mm-hmm. present themselves to the public as being all-American swell guys, and they are people you wouldn't want to have at your dinner table at nighttime. Trust me. Well, look what's going on in Washington, D.C., talking about perverts. And even in the uh, the Republican Congress, let alone the Democrat Congress, yeah. uh, you know, with uh, what happened with, uh, you know, the, the, the sex scandal thing mm-hmm. uh, that happened out of the Boston area in Massachusetts. And yeah. then, then they, all of a sudden, certain people got threatened, and all of a sudden, these Republicans just kind of, whoop, you know, didn't were they get, threatened? Didn't that get squelched, though, Bill? Have you noticed how the media has kind of dropped that story? Like, this well, only came out a couple of days ago, that story. But did it get squelched just like uh, some of the guys stuck their tail between their legs? Oh, I don't want this coming out, so yep. I'm going to vote this way. Well, do you think that maybe there's some perverts in the media? Of course there are. There are perverts in the media. There are perverts in, this, in, the, in the Capitol, so, too. So once you look... Once you come in, oh, come on, dine with us, eat with us, party with us. Once you do that, they've got a card with your name on it, and they've got a file with your name on it, and pictures and evidence and proof, and they got you by the short hairs. You remember uh, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Mm -hmm. Edgar Hoover, he was the first G-man. He was the guy who actually built and made the FBI into the organization that it is t- today. What about J. Edgar Hoover? Well, for the, as a kid, I thought he was pretty special. He was J. Edgar Hoover. As an adult, I learned that he liked to run around in women's dresses, that he lived with um, a gentleman uh, who I guess liked to run around in dresses too. Uh, these were people who... And they were dangerous, by the way. I mean, it, they were dangerous in that he kept a file on every politician in Washington. So he could say, look, if you don't do what I tell you to do, people are going to find out that you're running around with, you know, per, person A or person B, or you like to have sex with this animal or whatever. The, you know, this is the kind of of corruption that we have in Washington. And by the way, it's there now. Look at what the FBI is doing to good American people. 
You know, it's it's using its yeah. its power and its uh, position to to be what it shouldn't be. It should be such it sh- should be such a uh, an honorable and integral part of our government. It should be a gatekeeper of honesty, and it's not. Yeah. Right now, it's not. And I, I I pray to God. And by the way, not every FBI agent. Yeah, there are a lot of good FBI agents out there who. Oh, sure. I, I had a good friend of, you know, and I, I have a story for everything, so I'm not going to go down that path. But, you know, I, I know of good people in just about every field. But J. Edgar Hoover walking around in women's underwear. Well, that yeah. was a Bob Rivers Christmas song. Yes, as that's matter. true. He was a radio guy. Yeah. Lacey thing. Yeah, I know. We don't need to hear you sing. <laughs> yes. Um, Nikki Haley. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you've here. heard about this. She has a. Uh, Decided she's a presidential candidate, senator from uh, was it North Carolina and or is it South Carolina? I, one of the Carolinas. Well, either way, does it? Yeah. I think it's South Carolina. I think it is but South I was going to ask you about this, your opinion, but I know you're going to bring it up. So then we'll. Well, she's going to do something which I think is interesting. Listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do: social media accounts, social media companies. They have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. You know, when you start messing around with uh, free speech in any form, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, uh, you're walking in dangerous waters. Say, I don't know. You heard about Hochul up in New York. She yeah. wants to monitor a hate speech on the uh, internet in New York State and and yeah. to you clamp know, down. Yeah, and you know where do you draw the line? Who draws the line? Who's the judge and jury on that? Well, liberals are the judge and jury on the right when you sit there and you know you got a screen name because you want some uh, privacy. Uh, but then I get what she's saying, but number one, when she gets in office, well, you don't know that sweetheart. You really don't. Uh, that's number one, number two, uh, number two, which was your number one. Uh, I kind of agree with, but when you start going, I agree with number two, uh, where she sits there and goes, yeah, we want to have your name beside your, your post. Well, I don't think it's a problem where if somebody wants to be uh, the video king and that's who they are. Yeah. But uh, once you catalog people and you have them cataloged, somebody they're nefarious account- is going to. They're accountable and they can be punished. If I know that I'm making, let's say, for example, uh, we are Donald Trump and uh, you're, you're wanting to uh, challenge the election results and you have a good shot and you got a big following. Everything you do is going to be held accountable. I mean, they're going well, I mean, after but every I'm, stupid thing. What I'm saying is that what she's talking about doing is that you can't have any more. There's a guy, for example, named Cat Turd. That's what. That's his handle. That's what he uses on the internet. He posts all of his posts uh, using that name, and he has one of the largest followings on the internet. I mean, the guy is mm-hmm. absolutely powerful. He, he, you would think that with a, a handle like that, that he'd be ridiculous, but his postings are very, very, uh, sharp, very with it. And, 
but he goes by that name because he doesn't want people to know who he is personally. He doesn't want to have his personal life interrupted by the stuff that he puts on social media. What she wants to do is make it so he can't use a handle anymore. He has to put his name there next to what he's writing. Now, that's all well and good, and it may sound great on the surface, but when you start doing stuff like that, where does it stop? You know, where does it stop? Do you have to put down other things? Is it just the beginning, the tip of what they're going to make us do down the road? You know, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, if you were a student of history, when they introduced income tax, and I think it was 1913, uh, they said it was only going to be for this much money, and it was only going to be this minute percentage. Don't worry about anything. Well, Well, let me ask you a question. You know, let's take what she's saying at face value and uh, or let's delve into it a little bit and say, because some aspects of it. Yeah, I do believe people need to be held accountable. All right. So you want to post. Now, if you're not worried about what you post, what's the problem with putting your name beside it? Mm -hmm. But if you want to post something incognito, you want to attack. Well, you know what? Maybe what we do is say, okay, you can have that incognito name. And yeah, you know what? No one's going to know who's doing the post. To a degree, they actually do know who's doing the post because they can trace it all. Of course you can. But if you want that incognito name, put a premium on it. Oh, that is a $5,000 a year license. You're incognito. Well, I I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, Well, Well, you made an interesting point, though. She's she's saying, oh, you should be able to see see who's making these accusations. But here's the thing. They can tell who's posting what right now. They know if I put out, uh, you know, uh, whatever, fictitious name, Howdy Doody, as my handle, they can, the government can find out who Howdy Doody is. It's not a big, deep secret. They, all you have to do is find out your... Oh, and they know your, who Cat Turd is. Now, yeah. but, you know, they hold you... The left has held us accountable if, we, if, if, if you posted something pro-Trump or, you know, they want to say that the election wasn't stolen and if you're an election denier, you have no right to say that and you'll get yanked. So they know that. So maybe there has to be accountability, uh, reasonable accountability into what you do post um, because once you start playing with free speech. They they started, I just think about what they did for the longest time on Twitter and some of these other sites uh, as recently as uh, three, four years ago when they were unceremoniously ejecting people from the site. They were closing down their, their, uh, their pages because they were saying things that they didn't like. I mean, when you start putting boundaries on people, what they can say. We live in a country that allows for free speech. I hate to hear these demonstrators say some of the terrible things they say on the streets of New York. Should should they be locked up and thrown away for that? They shouldn't be locked up and thrown away for the speech ever. I really mean that. Yeah. If, if they're out there and they're saying, I hate this country or whatever. But they should be held accountable for any harm that they absolutely. do. Absolutely. There should be consequences for doing certain things like our nation and everything about it should be considered sacred. So in other words, somebody climbs a flagpole, takes that flag and throws it down. That is a capital offense in my 
Well, I'll mind. tell you. I'll tell you what they're doing. Or you burn that flag. Well, I'll tell you what they're doing. They're they're uh, committing a crime. It's not their flag. It's not they're trespassing on that pole. They're putting so they people, should be held accountable. And they're putting people in danger if they're lighting something on fire and throwing it into a crowd. I mean, so they should be held accountable. Absolutely. But if they want to go out and and have a, they get a permit, they have a stage, they have a microphone, they got a platform. And whether you don't like what they're saying or not, they have yes. that right. That's what now, you have the right to listen and say, hmm, that makes sense. Or you have the right to say, I'm not going to listen to this crap. Right. I'm getting out of here. There's, there's, there's a difference between saying something and doing something. That's a difference. And uh, I wanted to point this out. I'm glad we brought this up because yesterday in the nation's capital, there was mm. a pro-Israel rally. Big deal. First, they said you can expect 10, 15, 20,000 people. Then they upgraded it to 100,000 people may show up. And then when it happened, they said 300,000 people were on the, the mall in Washington. 300,000 people. Now, interesting. What did the uh, people, what did the left do? They called out the National Guard. It was a level one terror alert. They figured it was a, I mean, they figured something was going to happen. It was incredibly peaceful, incredibly patriotic. It was, oh, a, it was a, it was a demonstration filled with love. This is what the peep, the pro-Israel people and American, pro-American people were doing as opposed yeah. to what happened over the weekend, over the weekend in New York when they were burning things and breaking things. Well, that's kind of a signal that uh, if you're Jewish, you're not welcome here. That was from our government. That's 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 what that's a, a signal of. And you know, think yeah, Bill, about but who yet, yesterday's signal was: we love you. More people in this country are on your side than on the other guy's side. Don't worry about it. That's what yesterday's three hundred thousand people was all well, about. What I'm saying: were, the the National Guard level one terrorist thing. Or was that there to uh, keep the uh, the three hundred thousand people at bay? Well, or to protect they, them? They were they were saying it was there to protect them. They were saying it was there to ward off any attacks on those pro-Israel uh, people. Well, but in I, all I honesty, there was honest. there was nothing that happened. And I guess level one, you know, they called out the National Guard. They had a perimeter around the the, the group of people. You know, that's a lot of people, a lot of National Guard. They were there uh, in force. Well, they should have been protected because there is the, the chance of violence. But, you know, on the other way around now, what happened in New York last week? Mm -hmm. You know, if they if they were there to protest peacefully, I have no problem with that. But they weren't peaceful and they were destructive. And that should be prosecuted. I mean, I... There was no National Guard in New York and New uh, over the Why? weekend, none. They, Why? But they told and, and and this Eric Adams, this real big fathead in New York, who's the mayor, uh, he he told the police to back off. I we I saw pictures of him. I think I told you this yesterday. They were trying yeah. to kick in the doors at Grand Central, and I mean, these are big, beautiful brass, uh, almost uh, 
they're almost antiques by themselves, the doors. And these clowns were kicking them like uh, they were, there was no tomorrow, but they held. But inside the door, you could see the police standing there doing nothing. Now, now you made an interesting comment there. These are those big, heavy brass doors, kind of like on the nation's capital. Yeah, except those were opened up by the by the police. Well, <laughs> not according not according to the January sixth committee. Yeah, I know. Well, these we, people we, these we, people pulled those things with brute force open. You know, yeah. and how much do they weigh? Twenty tons, something like that. Yeah, th- those were open gently, and and uh, they were <laughs> the crowd was ushered in by the Capitol Police. But that's not important. What's important? No, it's not. What's important is if Granny took a selfie. As she walked into the rotunda that day, she should be in jail right now, and they're looking for her. Trust me. Well, there was one guy that was there. He's a three-time amputee, war war hero. So he lost an arm, both legs, and his freedom, and 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 his freedom. Yeah, they they because he was there, he's got to go to prison. Unbelievable, Un- unbelievable. This this is not the America that I was brought up to believe existed. You know. Uh, my father didn't fight in the Battle of the Bulge for this kind of America. The, what we have right now, whether you believe it or not, and, and I know we have listeners who are uh, people who lean to the left. If you truly believe in all that's happening right now with this government, I feel sorry for you because you are screwed up. I mean, with all due respect, I mean, you're maybe a nice person. I may have known you for years. Hey, that's fine. But if you believe that this guy Biden and his minions are doing God's work in D.C. by ruining our country and stepping on our Constitution. uh, Hey, look, the boat, the boat's going to rock a little bit left, a little bit right. And that's okay as long as it, for the most part, stays centered. Otherwise, we're going to sink this ship. It's going to take on. And right now, we're listing to the left and taking on water. Yeah, well, I I, I don't know whether there's a lot of room for, in, in my opinion, for socialism at all in our country. I don't. There's none. I, well, that's you, you can't. I believe that the old Democratic Party, the one that I was a part of up until 1980, uh, that, was, that was an interesting party. They, they were actually more like the Republicans are today, then you can, as a matter of fact, people will tell you, John Kennedy, John Kennedy, if he was alive today and believed like he believed back in 1960, he would have been a Republican because he believed in smaller government. He believed in a strong military. He believed in low taxes. All those things were parts of the, uh, the Republican uh, mandate right now, you know. Well, isn't weren't those the principles we were founded on? Probably, but uh, the, the left the, look what the left is doing now. I mean, it's ju- it's just uh, it's unbelievable. I have so many other things. You know, there was almost a brawl in the Senate yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, I heard something broke out there. I, I to be honest with you, I had other things going on in my mind and had well, to go to the dentist, so I I didn't pay attention to a lot of things. Came home and said. Night. Well, I, I, I got to play this for you. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, if you are, uh, if the name sounds familiar, he used to be a, uh, a world WFL, what do you call it? Uh, I can't think of the initials. He used to be a professional boxer, okay? Uh, this guy is a, a, a big success, and uh, he looks like a boxer. 
this guy is built like a brick. He's a senator now. And mm-hmm. he was interviewing uh, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, who also looked like a pretty big, strong guy. But apparently O'Brien said some nasty things in a tweet about Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma. And, well, here's how it went. Listen. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your All solution right. every poll? No, no, sit down. Oh, Eric, sit down. Okay. You know, you're okay. a United States senator. Sit Active. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Senate. it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is hold what he it. said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. That's Bernie, Bernie Sanders. B- Bernie oh, was you the can, ref- you can't mistake Bernie, his voice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Bernie was the referee. Sit down. <clears throat> sit down. You're a United States senator. Sit senator. down. Yeah. Senator. <laughs> Amazing, mm-hmm. but uh, it was getting interesting. I was watching the video. Mm-hmm. I think, ooh, this could get good. And yeah. Well, you know, the problem is they didn't have the. Uh, they weren't plugged into pay per view yet. Otherwise. <laughs> I mean, what we could have raised some money to secure the border. It's UFC, right? Isn't that what they call it? The UFC, UFC United Bunker? Federation. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Is it UFC? Anyway, the, he, he this guy is a, a real tough guy, this Mark Wayne Mullen. But apparently, if you saw the, the neck and the shoulders of uh, the guy who was the, the the general counsel of the Teamsters, he didn't look like any slack either. It would have been, no. been good. It would have been really good. But anyway. It would have been on. I, I think that we've just about done it for today's program. Uh, every day, it just gets more interesting, doesn't it, folks? I mean, every day, it just, you think, oh, we'll have nothing to talk about tomorrow. And by the time tomorrow comes along, the world is throwing you a whole new script. You're all set. It's amazing. If you want to reach us, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. There's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. Please do get in touch with us. We do check our email uh, actually uh, daily, and it forwards to us here uh, at our personal email addresses. So we do... See it all the time. If something comes in, we see it. Right. So don't think you, it's, I, I know uh, there was somebody that wanted to be a guest on the show, and we don't normally do that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have enough, of, we have enough, uh, of a, uh, of a time here between t- us two. Yeah, the two of us. So, so we, and, and guests would, uh, kind of be the odd man out, if you know what I'm talking about. So we, we, we appreciate the fact that, uh, someone asked to be on the program. Because I guess they listen, and they must like what they listen to. Well, as a courtesy, yeah. I will reach out to him today personally and say hi and uh, all of that neat stuff. But uh, but I'm not saying don't ask because you never know. That's true. You know that's very true. Hey, listen, um, we'll do it again tomorrow. 
but we always end our show with a, a signature. Yeah, this is not your standard uh, closing that you hear in other programs. We've learned from the massive audience that we have out there, and by the way, it is massive and growing. I mean, if I told yeah. you the figures, you wouldn't believe it, but it's it's amazing. I, I appreciate it. I love the fact that you're there because without you, We'd be talking to ourselves. And what, what good is and that? And we know it's massive, too, because when I'm out of town and I'm at the grocery store and I start talking, somebody goes, Hey, you're the guy. One guy. The yes. guy that goes, Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. At which point, I got kicked out of the store. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?